Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Today, we're talking about Christ our joy. Christ our joy. Joy is one of the most overlooked blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. Joy is one of the most overlooked blessings. We just take joy for granted or we don't take joy in our lives. What is the difference? Um, Well, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, in the book of Galatians, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is, if you've, been, if you've read that before, what's the first one? The fruit of the Spirit is love, and what's the second fruit? Joy. Okay. So listen, just like my physical body was born, and I have attributes like my physical parents. In other words, they, I have two arms and two legs and two eyes and two ears and, you know, a mouth, and I have all the things that I have, and I actually look a little bit like my dad, you know, and such, and you look like your parents a little bit. I started out a very young, you know, as a baby, and I, I weighed 10 pounds, 2 ounces, okay, as a baby, okay? Um, and, and as a baby, though I, I, I weigh much more than that today, exponentially more than that today, I still had all the parts that I have now when I was 10 pounds, Does that make sense? It's just they grew. They developed. They took time to develop. They took years to develop. Can I tell you, it's the same way when the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it's the same thing. It's saying the parts, not the body parts, but the spirit parts that you're born with, when you were born again, you were born with all the parts. They just haven't developed yet. They're just in infant stage. That's why sometimes we say, God, would you give me more love? You don't need more love. You already have love. That's like, that's like a, a, a baby saying, would you give me eyes? You have eyes. They're just going to develop. Would you give me smelling and ears? No, you'll have it. it, it it's just going to come. It's going it's to come through development as you exercise it and as you use it more. The same thing with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit really means the attributes of the Spirit. When you were born again, you have everything you need for the rest of your life. God's not going to give you more love. God's not going to give you more joy. God's not going to give you more peace. God's not going to give you more of all those things. What he's going to do is he already put them in your spirit and they reside in there, but now they have to develop. Now we have to do something about it to allow those things to be developed. And sometimes the things that we have to do is, is we're tested on those things, right? How many like to be tested? You like to be, oh man, um, not me. <laughs> I don't like to be tested. Um, but nevertheless, the testing of our faith produces something, the Bible says, right? And so the fruit of the Spirit is joy. But I want you to notice the order of what he says. The, the first fruit is love, which love is, is God. And the very second fruit is joy. What's the difference between happiness and joy? The difference between happiness and joy. Listen, happiness is an emotion in which we experience feelings But joy doesn't come from our emotions. Joy comes from our spirit. Joy is part of who we are as born-again believers in Christ Jesus. You know know what that means? You can't take my joy. You can take my happiness. You can't take my joy. See, something important to remember, and I won't go too much into this, is, is you are not a body. You are a spirit. 
You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Sometimes we, we tend to, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning, and you go look in the mirror, and you go, I look bad today. <laughs> or you say, I look good today. No, your body looks bad, or your body looks good. Your spirit is, has been born again and, and is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and all things are new in the spirit. But your body hasn't changed yet. You gotta do, you gotta do some work with your body and do some work with your mind. But you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Joy resides in your spirit. Joy resides in, in, in the who you are. The born-again believer on the inside it is, is filled with joy on the inside. So if you're not experiencing joy, then what we're not doing is we're not walking in the spirit. We're walking in the feeling. See, feeling is the voice of the flesh. So if we, if we go by feelings all the time, then we're flesh-led or flesh-controlled or flesh, you know, uh, uh, how we make decisions is according to the flesh. But if, we're, if we will go down on the inside in the spirit, the part of us that's been born again, our spirit has been reborn with love, reborn with joy, reborn with peace. That's why you'll see criminals who have been hard and they're even killers and they're, they're people who would take people out. I know of a guy like that. And this guy was a hard guy, killed many people, older man, went to went to went to prison for many, many years, and Jesus changed his heart. And the man is the softest man. Now, when you talk with him, he goes, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Why? Because, because his spirit, he's so aware of his heart that's brand new for Jesus. Can I tell you today that the joy of the Lord lives on the inside of you? Would you say that today? The joy of the Lord's in me. The joy of the Lord lives inside of you. So the difference between happiness and joy is happiness is an emotion that comes from our feelings. Joy is something that's on the inside. That's why you can't take away the joy. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, this is where the Christmas story comes from. And I'd like to read some of it to you, and then I'd like for us all to read. But I'm going to read the first uh, nine verses, and then I want you to read verse 10. And let's read it together. Look at that uh, on the screens together, and I'm going to read the first nine verses, and then we can read from verse 10 together. Ready? Luke chapter 2 says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered and everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed wife, they were engaged, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Glory in the highest. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before him, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. So I want you to see the setting. Here's shepherds. They're out in the field with their flocks. They're not ready for this, like some, you know, Christmas play or something going on. And they're like, okay, here comes the angels. They're about to say that. No, no, no. They were just out there, like, by themselves with the sheep. 
and all of a sudden this happens. Let's read together in verse 10. Ready? Out loud, ready, read. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let me read. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, can we say verse 14 together? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let me read. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. I want to draw your attention to verse 10, though. Back on verse 10, and we have it underlined there in our notes. Listen to this. The angel said to them, what's the very first thing that when, when, when the heavenly hosts came to humanity, the very first thing that they said was this, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Notice what he brings. I'm going to bring you good news of, and what's the good news? Great joy. Can you say it out of your mouth? Great joy. What's the very first thing that the heavenlies spoke to earth that they were going to bring? Joy. I'm going to bring great joy, which shall be to who? All people. Not to the shepherds. Not just to that isolated place right there. Not just to Bethlehem. But to all people. All people on earth. All people in all of humanity. Great joy. Can I tell you this great joy that was brought from heaven to earth is still here today. It's still here in this room today. Still over the city today. That the heavenly brings, heavenlies bring this great joy. Why did the angels believe that there was good tidings of great joy to all people. Why? Because life had come to earth. Hope had come to earth. Christ Jesus, the anointed one, had come to earth. What they had been praying for over and over for years and their fathers had prayed and their mothers had prayed and their grandparents had prayed and the generations had prayed, bring hope, bring the anointed one. And what, what did the shepherds show up one day and they said, joy has come to the earth. I've got a message for you. What you've been praying for, who you've been praying for, is here. He would affect humanity forever. What is the result of this great news from the angels? It's joy. It's joy. There's three characteristics here of joy that I'm going to point out. Three descriptions of joy. And number one is real joy. Can you say real joy? Real joy. And John chapter 15, after Jesus was born, and he's speaking to his disciples, and he says this, John 15, verse 11, he says, these things I have spoke to you, spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. I want you to notice he points out two things, my joy and your joy. My joy and your joy. Can I tell you, real joy comes from Jesus, Real joy comes from Jesus. You can't fabricate it. You can't try to recreate it. You can't try to act like you have joy. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you don't have joy. But on the reverse, if you have Jesus, you have joy. Even if you don't feel 
the joy that you have. See, I know so many times we try to get emotion to recreate the joy that's on the inside. Uh, adrenaline. You know, adrenaline is, is kind of false energy, right? It's this rush that you get when you drink coffee or this rush that you get, right? And you have when the endorphins are kind of in, you know, and you're, you're, they're being released and you're like, oh, I got this rush of energy. But do you know that's not, that's kind of a false energy, you know what I mean? It's like when danger comes and happens and your adrenaline starts rushing and you have this, ugh, this overwhelming, like, uh, spurt of energy. That's what happiness kind of is. It's sort of a false joy. It's not a joy. It kind of feels like, I'm so happy right now. This morning we got home later last night and I saw some, uh, some letters on the, uh, this morning I saw some letters on the table. And I looked at one of them, and one of them had my son's name on it. And I thought, well, maybe it's a doctor's bill or from years ago or something. I don't know what it was, but he never gets letters or anything. But then um, I looked at it, and I thought, huh. And I picked it up, and it had like kind of a hard, um, you know, solid substance in it like a, like a credit card. And I thought, he didn't apply for a credit card, did he? <laughs> you know, he's too young. But, um, but, uh, but I thought, oh, but he did go last week to get his driver's permit. I bet it's his license, right? So uh, I, I had talked with him a few minutes earlier this morning. He was dragging around. You know, he had a tournament yesterday and kind of dragging around. Going, How you doing, Dad? How you, how you? And then I said, hey, son, uh, I, there's a letter down here for you. What is it? I said, I don't know, but I think it might be your, uh, your permit. Oh, really? Really, Dad? I mean, joy. Just joy. No. And you know what his first words that came out of his mouth was? I'm so happy. Why? Because happiness has to do with your emotions, with what's happening, right? Things are going really good today. Guess what? I got a good review. Guess what? I got a raise. Guess what? I got a date. <laughs> Guess what? I got whatever, you know, the case may be. And then the next day you're like, I'm so bummed out. Why? Well, because you're, you're living sort of like by living by adrenaline. You're living by happiness, whether things go good or not go good, which means that the outward circumstances dictate how you feel. Isn't that how society lives a lot of times? So we live life just trying to keep, keep the, the energy up and, and feel good about things. But can I tell you, that's not the way joy works. That's not the way joy works. I said that's not the way joy works. Joy can be turned on in the middle of the biggest problem you're in. Joy can be turned on in the middle of, of something that's going on and you don't know what to do and all of a sudden just this well of joy on the inside. And you don't know why you have joy. You don't know why, you know, someone looks at you and they, they, you're smiling and they think that person is, you know, maybe you're too dumb to even know you have a problem, right? And you're like, no, 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 it's not that. It's something on the inside. I have hope. I have joy. I have, a, it's a fruit of the spirit on the inside. This is the joy of the Lord. And this is what the shepherd said when he said, I'm bringing you. He didn't just say, I'm bringing you Jesus. He said, there's joy that's going to come to the earth as a result of Jesus. What is the true result of this great news? It's real joy. Jesus said here, again, that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. Notice, my joy, your joy. My joy is your joy. Jesus, the joy that's in Jesus is the joy that's inside of us. Joy is only found in Jesus, not from activities, not from people, not from sports, not from hobbies, not from events, not from movies, not from entertainment, 
not from, uh, you know, getting through the, the latest Netflix uh, series, you know, and go, man, that was the best. That thing was the best. Well, it's temporal. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not against, you know, happiness and those kinds of things. But can I tell you, if we don't feed our spirit joy, we won't have consistent, I hate to use the word energy, we won't have consistent spiritual stability on the inside of joy. And there won't be a contentment in something that's thriving like a well. It'll be ups and downs. And that's why I believe we see so much depression today because people are living on happiness instead of joy. Somebody say amen. See, we can't teach joy to someone as just some learned lifestyle behavior. They have to have Jesus in order to have joy on the inside. I remember there was a friend of mine that I swear every time I talked to this guy, there was something new going on in his life. I mean, one day it was like, hey, I got a horse. And we lived in California. I'm like, where do you even keep a horse? You know, and so Cal, and he's like, he's like, no, seriously, man, I drive out and I got this horse and I love this horse. And I'm like, since when were you into horses? I've been into horses. You didn't know I was into horses? I'm like, man, I've known you for a long time. No. And he's like, yeah, I visit this horse. And then the next day he's like, hey, you know, I started playing tuba. And I'm like, he started playing tuba? Who even plays tuba? Oh, tuba's great, man. Best tuba player I'm taking from, you know. And, and then, you know, later on he's like, hey, I got a girlfriend. And I'm like, Really? Uh, where did you meet her? Oh, man, I've known her for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, next time I talk to him, how's that girlfriend? Oh, got a different girlfriend. You know, I mean, there's something. Got a new job, has a new this. Do you know the person? Do you know the people? You might be the people, <laughs> right? Right? Because you're always looking for something to keep it going. One more time. Real joy comes from Jesus. Would you say it out with me? Real joy comes from Jesus. This is why until you find Jesus, you will always be searching for joy. You will always be searching for joy. The advantage that we have with evangelism is this. Every person in humanity is searching for joy. Every person in humanity is searching for fulfillment. And if they don't have Jesus, they're looking for him. Uh, number two, full joy. Can you say the word full joy? Full joy. John chapter 16, Jesus says this. John 16, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy, your joy no one will take away from you. Your joy no one will take from you, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive, let's say this together, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Say that again. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Can I ask you, does Jesus want our joy to be full? Does Jesus want us to be full of joy? Yes. You know, sometimes though believers think that Jesus is trying to hold out on us. You know what I mean? They think that we're trying to beg God for the good things, and he's trying to give us the bad things. But can I tell you, that's not the truth. Jesus wants our joy to be full. Well, full of spiritual things, brother. No, 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 no. Full of, he said, ask and you'll receive. We're not asking for spiritual things. Because the Bible says in, in the book of Ephesians, we have already have all the spiritual things we need. We have every spiritual gift in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. We wouldn't be asking for those things. We're asking for things in our life. And what does he say? He says, ask and you'll receive. Why? That your joy would be full. 
Notice, though, the, the phrase that he says in verse 22. Your joy no one will take from you. No one will take from you. Can I tell you, people cannot take your joy away. Your neighbors cannot take your joy away. Your family cannot take your joy away. Your friends cannot take your joy away. Your coworkers cannot take your joy away. Your people who've turned their backs on you cannot take your joy away. No one can take your joy away. It's an eternal, it's something that we have now for the rest of our lives and beyond this life. We have the joy that's on the inside of us. But then he goes on and he says this, ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. And let me say this as a number two. Full joy comes from answered prayer. Full joy comes from answered prayer. See, I think sometimes people think that the only thing God wants to do for us is save us so we won't go to hell. But can I tell you, no, no, no. If he ha- the, the, the word says, if he's given his own son, which is the most precious thing for us, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? And the promise, all the promises of God are yes and in Jesus, amen. Jesus is not trying to hold back from us. That's why he said the thief wants to rip you off, but I've come that they may have life. And he didn't stop there. And he said, and have it to the fullness. Have it abundantly. In other words, anything you're lacking in life, God wants to bless you. Well, does that mean he wants to make me rich so that I can be? No, no, no. Can I tell you? I believe he does want to make you rich, but not just for yourself, so that you can be an overflow to other people. See, that's what the scripture we read earlier in Timothy. He says, warn rich people not to trust in their riches, but in the living God. See, if we can keep our trust in the Lord, God will bless us. God will overflow us. God will take care of us. Do you know, sometimes we think that, that um, our relationship with our kids is a whole lot different than the relationship that we have with God. And what I mean by that is, is there is a difference because God is much better. According to Luke chapter 11, he gives much better. But can I tell you, uh, in my own kid's life, I want my kids to prosper. Would you not want your kids to prosper? I don't say, well, I don't want them to prosper. I want them to suffer. Because I want them to die one day and just learn a whole heck of a lot of lessons. No, I want them to learn a lot of lessons, but I want them to prosper too. I want them to be blessed too. You know what? I don't want them to be. I don't, I don't want them to be greedy. I don't want them to be selfish. I don't want them to be prideful. But I want them to be blessed. I want them to be taken care of. I want them to be fulfilled. I want them to have all the desires that are in their hearts. And the Bible says, if you earthly parents feel this way about your kids, how much more does the Heavenly Father want to fulfill you and bless you and love you and care for you? And I think some people are guilty to even ask God for big things. Have you ever felt that way? You're, you're afraid to even ask God for something because you're like, what if I'm selfish? Well, don't be. Don't be. Just stop the thought. Say, I'm not selfish. I want to I I be blessed to be a blessing. Amen? I want overflow to be a blessing. I want to I be, I want to have so much that any person who comes up, I can just say, oh, bless you. Here's an abundance. I want you to be taken care of. I want you to be loved. I want you to be blessed. Not so that I can have more, but so that I can be a blessing to those around me. I want you to notice he says, though, ask and you will receive that your joy would be full. Ask and you'll receive that your joy would be full. In the NIV it says, ask and you'll receive 
and your joy will be complete. The word full literally means this in the original language. It means to satisfy, complete, or fulfill. That your joy would be satisfied. In other words, you don't just have a little joy. How are you feeling? Doing all right. How is your joy doing? It's doing all right. Is that how Jesus, is that what he wants us to have? No. But what would, what would cause your pot to overflow? Um, you know, sometimes we'll, my wife will be cooking in, in the kitchen, and, and every once in a while she'll let me help her. And, and then after that one time, she says, okay, don't help me anymore. But, uh, but sometimes, you know, uh, when, when, when you put something on, like a pot of things, and then you fill it all the way up to the brim, and then you start boiling it, and what happens? It boils it boils over and it messes up the stove and gets everything dirty and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's the way he wants our, it to be in our lives. He wants us to overflow. He wants, so that's why I do it. Yeah. It's a representation of the Lord. Yeah, no. That's, that's not true. But, but uh, we, he wants us to overflow. He wants us to overflow. See, you have joy on the inside, but until you stir up the pot, until you fill up the pot, until you, you, you see God working in your life, then you don't have, know what full joy is like. That's why some people, it's hard for them to even smile, right? You say, thank God, and they're like, thank God. And you know, what I, you know what I think about sometimes? I think they haven't got prayers answered lately. If it's hard for you to praise God, you probably haven't got prayers answered lately. If it's hard for you to have full joy, you probably haven't got your prayers answered lately. And I love the scripture in the Bible that says, you have not because you ask not. Why do we stop asking? See, he loves for us to ask because he loves for, to meet our needs because he loves for us to have fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. God is a good father. He loves to bless us. Loves to love us. Loves to take care of us. He said, ask that you may re- and you may receive that your joy may be full. Uh, full joy comes from answered prayer. Don't you like it when someone gets the, your order right? Don't you like it when someone, now I'm not saying we give our order to God like God's our waitress or, or God's our food server or God's our, you know, whatever. Uh, what I am saying is don't you like it when you put in an order and it's done right. See, I have four kids and we'll pull through a drive through sometimes. And, um, and my wife is all about custom ordering, not me. I came from a dad who was like, he had like, you know, eight brothers and sisters or something like that. And they all, you know, first of all, they didn't have drive throughs But they would all say, you have this, and if you, you know, you don't like it, you don't eat. You know, that's kind of the way it was, you know, at our house, right? And uh, he, they, they would say, this is the way it is. We didn't have custom orders. I mean, if we're going to do this, it's all going to have lettuce and tomato and this and that. You said, did your family like tomato? Yeah, we had to like tomato. Yeah, because it, it was on the plate. That's just the way it was. We, we liked anything that was there because we had no customization, right? Dad didn't believe in customization. Yeah, yeah, he, he just said, you eat it. And in fact, he'd say, you eat it and you're going to like it. That's what he'd say. You're going to eat it and you're going to like it, right? Now, with my kids, my kids, you know, I mean, I could tell you each one of them has their own, uh, you know, thing. You know, one of them doesn't like chicken. One of them doesn't like eggs. One of them doesn't like tomatoes. One of them doesn't like this. One of them, you know why? Customization, yeah. That's okay. That's okay, but it makes it hard for uh, fast food lines. When you pull in, you know, you pull in, they say, we're at Wendy's. I want this four for four, but I want mine with this and know this and add this and do. And, and guess who's driving? I'm driving. And I say, okay, what y'all want? Okay, I want this. Dad. No, I didn't want that, but I wanted this and I want it. And finally, I just say, okay, if 
I'm going to pull up here, and in 30 seconds, if you don't tell me what you want, I'm ordering like my dad. <laughs> You're all getting just this. But I'll tell you what's, we went to a line, when we first came out here, we were in a, we were down in some city, in, uh, and I didn't know where it was, I just knew there was a lot of cows in that city, and so we, uh, but we pulled up to a, a fast food place, and we were just, you know, driving through. I think we waited 45 minutes, 45 minutes to get our order, but the worst part was when we left, everything was wrong, the whole order was wrong. And what it, did it create joy on the inside of me? No, created frustration, right? But then every once in a while, you'll go into a service, you know, uh, so you'll go into a service place and you ask them something and you know you're being detailed or customer service and they're nice, they take care of you. And then at the end, you really don't even expect them to get it all right. And you look and you're like, it's right, it's right, it's right. It's right. They did it right. I love them. They should be the president of the whole company. I love them. And I'll write, sometimes I'll write a review and I'll say, that person was the best person I've had in a year, you know? Why? Because when, when fulfillment, when, when, when you have your request met, something on the inside says they care about me. They're paying attention to the details and can I tell you, when God, when you pray a prayer and God answers the prayer, you say, God, you took care of all the details. When I met Tiffany, or before I met Tiffany, I remember I wrote down a list of things that I really wanted in a wife. And, uh, and, and, and as, as we were dating, one of the things before we got engaged, that I just went back down that list. Now, I know you may say, that sounds chauvinist. I don't know what it was, but I had a list, okay? I don't think it was chauvinist. I mean, it wasn't anything weird. It was like love God and, and um, I want to find her attractive and, and no one heard of like me you know, and things like that. I mean, there was some, like, some, some important things, okay? But, uh, but I'll tell you what. God took care of all the things on the list and there was even some little details, just things that meant a lot to me. God took care of all the things on the list. But through the last 20 years of us being together, can I tell you, God took care of things that were in my heart that weren't on the list. Because God j just cares about me. And there's so many times I would stop and I'd still today, I would stop and say, thank you, God, for loving me enough to care about the details of my heart that you know the desires of my heart of who I wanted in a wife and what I wanted in a wife. And, and I almost feel like, you know, every, every week or so I discover something brand new about Tiffany that I just go, oh, thank you, God. That was, in, that was in my list in my heart that I didn't even write out. Can I tell you, it causes my joy to be full for God. Not just me being greedy or me being like, oh, I have it all. No, it's that I know that I have a father who cares about me, that my joy may be full. Jesus didn't have any issue with the Father answering your prayers. He said that our joy would be full, satisfied, complete, fulfilled. If you love somebody, you want their joy to be full. Can I encourage you this morning, pray big prayers. Pray big prayers. Prayers that you've given up on, go back and pray. Why? Because some of you need some joy. And the only way you're going to get it is to watch a heavenly father love you enough to answer your prayers. And then point number three is great joy. Can you say the word great joy? That word great joy, the word great in the Greek is literally megas. Where do you think we get the word from? Megas joy. Mega joy. Mega man. Mega joy. Mega joy comes from supernatural signs and wonders. Mega joy comes from God, the, the, his super moving on our natural, you know. 
his, his out of our physical realm, working on something that we know we could never do it on our own. And I want you to look at this in the book of Acts. It says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And it says, and the multitudes with one accord... He did the things spoken to Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with loud voices, came out and were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Can you say great joy in that city? Great joy comes to a city when they see the supernatural happening. How can a city who's seen church over and over and over and over again, and they, they think they know church better than you know church, and they might. How can they have a fresh joy on the inside? Well, what they need is they need a fresh touch of God. They need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. They need a fresh touch of God's presence in their lives. And what did he say? He said when when these people were being healed and, and demons were being cast out and paralyzed were being healed, that great joy came to the city. Great joy comes to a city when they see supernatural signs and wonders. The world doesn't know what to do with the supernatural. The world doesn't know what to do with the supernatural. See, they can explain a lot of things. They can explain how this is and how that is. But when it comes to supernatural, they just say, I don't really know how that happened. I've seen it so many times with doctors that we've, we've prayed for someone with cancer. The doctor said there's no hope. I remember at our church praying for someone. We prayed for someone who had AIDS. There's no hope. Stage four. Then all of a sudden, they tested him again after several times, and they didn't have HIV virus. And then they didn't have cancer. And then they didn't have tumors. And then they didn't have, and then, you know, legs would grow out, and, 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 and things would be restored, and, and lungs would be, like, supernaturally healed again. See, if we have a God who created those things, can he heal the things? If he made the things, can he patch the things? If he, if he came up with the things, can, can he fix them? Yeah, he can fix them. And can I tell you, one way to get great joy and mega joy in the city of Memphis is to allow the supernatural power of God. I'm not talking weird power. It's all weird. It all, it's all different than, than we would want it or think it or come up with it. That's why it's supernatural. That's why it's in the heavenlies. But how many would say... That our world and our city and our homes and our life needs a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, we need that. Whatever that means, we need that. We need that. And how do we do it? We allow God and his presence to meet us right where we are. Yesterday I was standing in the parking lot. We were at setup, and a police officer um, for the district came by and was standing out there. And I said, hi, how are you doing? I always run over and greet the police officers. So if they ever pull me over, they won't give me a ticket. No, I'm kidding. But, no, but I always greet them. I'm kidding. I, I'll greet, I'll greet the police officers. And I walked over and I said, hi, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing good. And I said, are you, uh, you know, the police for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, are you doing okay today? Well, having kind of a hard day. What's going on? I said, uh, I said my eyes, for two years, my eyes have been dry and bothering me. And I'm in extreme pain. And I've gone to the doctors and the doctors don't know what to do. I said, really? I said, I, I'm in such, I'm just miserable. I don't know what to do. I don't know why they're telling me this. And you know what I said? I said, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? <laughs> yeah, you could pray for me. I said, would you mind if I just laid my hands on your beanie? 
Right, right there where you are? Prayed? No, no, that's fine. Officer, just, you know, just put my hands over, you know, the beanie and just said, in the name of Jesus. Nothing weird, unshaker, right? I didn't tackle her. I didn't start speaking in tongues. I didn't get into anything that she would like wonder what's going on. You know what I did? I just did what the Bible said to do. Just laid hands on the sick. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing over these eyes. I pray that recovery would come over the skin. Everything that's going on right now, be healed and let it all be for the glory of Jesus. And I took my hands off and I looked at her eyes and didn't see any difference. See, because many times you'll see in the Bible they said, and healing happened from that very hour. Recovery happened from that very hour. You know what I did? I did my part. And then let God do his part. See, I can't heal in and of myself. God can, but he tells me to believe for it. He tells me to be a conduit for it. Amen? Now, that's not just for me because I'm a pastor. That's for you. You're going to come into contact with people maybe this week who are going through something, and you just say, how are you doing? What's going on? Hey, can I pray for you? And you can just pray for them. And watch the supernatural happen. Watch God heal people. Watch God set people free. Watch God deliver people. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. I remember standing in a worship service, and one of our worship team uh, started crying in the middle of a rehearsal one day. And I said, just a couple years back, and I said, what, what, what's going on? And he said, my ear was closed. I didn't even know if I wanted to join the singing because my ear went deaf a couple years ago. And in the middle of singing, we were loving God, and I said, God, would you heal me? And my ear popped open. And, you know, when, when she shared that, others started saying, hey, I'm going through something too. Can God heal me too? And can God heal me too? Can I tell you, we serve a God who loves us and doesn't just want to be a God of history, but a God who today is healing and moving and delivering and setting free. The problems in our city cannot be solved politically alone. They have to be solved spiritually. Just like Jesus said, you must be born again physically and spiritually. Healing must happen, not just physically. We love doctors, believe in doctors. We're on the same side as doctors. But if we stop there, we're in trouble. We need the supernatural power of God. And if we want to see mega joy and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, what do we need to do? We need to step out and just have simple obedience and pick up on the simple opportunities that come our way. You're not responsible for what doesn't come your way, but you are responsible for what does. Pray big prayers. See supernatural joy. The world doesn't know to, what to do with the supernatural. And finally, I just want to say, stay full of joy. Big benefits. And in, in uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Some people like to live on the edge and don't get gas until the last minute, you know, in their cars. Uh, I haven't run out of gas for so long, but then it was a, about a month ago or so, I just didn't get gas, didn't get gas, didn't get gas, and then I was late for something. Don't you notice that you find out you don't get gas like when you're late for something? And I was late for something, and, uh, and my son and I were driving along, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, I don't want to run out of gas. And I, and I pulled into the driveway, and I ran out of gas in the gas station. And we actually had to get out and push it to the rest of the way. And you know, that's sometimes the way it is with joy in our lives, that we think, I have enough. I'm doing good. But that's not true. God doesn't want your joy to be barely. He wants your joy to be full. Don't live on the edge. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of you are running out of strength. 
because you're running out of joy. Some of you live to having energy for life and having hope and have excitement to being depressed and laying on your bed crying because you're living like that, trying to get gas and barely pushing it to the pump. God, I need to get to church this morning just to get a little bit. No, 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 no. Don't run out of strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be dejected and sad. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Stay full personally. Stay full of thanks. Stay full of Jesus. Stay full of the good. Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever's true, good, noble, pure, lovely, just, virtuous. If there's anything about it that's praiseworthy, if there's anything about it that's good, think about that. Why? Because you want your joy to be full. And this morning, I believe that the Lord just wants to do a quick infilling of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to declare some things in just a minute. But would you just open up your hands, put your notes aside for a minute, open up your hands as a representation of your heart, and say, Lord, fill me fresh with your joy today. Fill me fresh with your life. Some need strength today in this place. Some need some supernatural. Maybe you're just running out of, (laughs) you're making it, but you're barely making it. You're getting through, but you're barely getting through. And God says, no, I want it to the fullest. I want some mega joy happening in you. I want some mega joy happening in your household. I want some mega joy happening at Memphis Tabernacle. I want some mega joy happening across this city in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it. Just say it, Lord, I receive your joy today. I receive your joy today. And say this with me. Repeat this out with me in faith. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say, joy is found in Jesus. And Jesus lives in me. Say, so I have joy on the inside. Come on, say, no one can take away my joy. Problems can't take away my joy. Circumstances can't take my joy. People can't take my joy. Say, because joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And His Spirit is alive in me. Can you say, I have a Father in heaven who loves to answer my prayers. So I pray big prayers according to the will of God. And as a result, I have big joy. Come on, say it, I have big joy. I have full joy. I have overflowing joy. Over Memphis Tabernacle, we pray for mega joy. Come on, pray with me right now. I pray over this church that mega joy would happen in this church. In Jesus' name. Come on, ask this with me. Repeat after me. Say, we ask for supernatural healing. We ask for supernatural freedom. Supernatural provision. And as a result, we pray for mega joy over the city of Memphis. Memphis, receive good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Memphis, receive the joy of the Lord. And say it one last time, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.